Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, we're looking back at Tuesday, and uh, Chippy's gang plan, it all will be revealed shortly. Uh, transport policy in New Zealand, what's up with that? Um, timeshare memories, courtesy of Sign James, and Potato Talk, courtesy of Marcus Lush. But before any of that, uh, courtesy of Tim Dow, primary health care, why is it the health system's poor cousin? It is right now the busiest time of the year. And County's Monaco DHB so strapped, it's actually offering cash to local GPs to take patients off their hands. 250 for each Middlemore, this is dollars, patient they see on a Friday night or in the day on weekends, 350 a pop on weekend nights when the ED's flooded out with drunks and people who've got into fights with drunks. Just crazy, isn't that? Crazy situation. Well, maybe not. You know, the way our system works right now with GPs charging $30, $40, for an appointment, a lot of people just cannot afford to see a primary care doctor. So instead of a 15-minute consultation, a prescription and off home, people can end up instead in an expensive hospital bed upwards of a grand a night. Primary care really is the poor cousin of our health system. It is potentially, though, the fence at the top of the cliff. We could save so much if we just ran it properly. GPs are undervalued and underpaid, and a properly functioning primary system with cheap, if not, dare I say it, free access, free for everybody at the front end, wouldn't that save us an absolute fortune? Not to say an awful lot of grief as well. Ah, oh, Tim, 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 Tim. Unfortunately... And, he's, and so many people keep making this mistake. He's applying logic and common sense to the situation, and that'll, never, that'll just never fly. Um, is Chris Hipkins, now that he's in charge of uh, getting the gangs, is he going to apply uh, logic and common sense? Do you hate the label soft on crime as well? I don't think it's a particularly useful label. I mean, I think we need to, of course, we need to make sure that we're you know, cracking down on crime, but we will crack down on the causes of crime. Uh, and I don't think that by doing, I don't think it's an either-or scenario. I think you've actually got to do both. Mm. So what are you going to do to crack down on the causes then? Well, I think we've got to look at, um, you know, we, we can start by looking at young people who are falling into a pathway of crime and do more to make sure that they're not. We know that kids who are not engaged in education, employment or training, and that, that number of young people has been growing in recent years. If we get them re-engaged, we know they're less likely to find themselves on a pathway that leads them to further trouble. And there are some, some really you know good programs that we can pick up and do more in that area. So I'll certainly be aiming to connect up you know my police portfolio on me education portfolio uh, in that area. Uh, well, we've so, been talking uh, about know, this stuff, Chris, for years. We've been talking about it for years. The Nats wanted to do the, the social intervention stuff that they had. I mean, you guys have been in, in power now for five years. What are you doing? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's it's fair to say that nothing's happened in that period of time. But many of these things, of course, have long lead times to them, which is one of the reasons you've got to do both, because some of the crime prevention stuff, you won't see the benefits of. Yeah. You know, I mean, the reason I the picked track. you, look, can I be honest with you? The reason I picked you up on that is because I think we both agree on that, but we're not seeing anything from you guys, anything significant. So really, the only thing we want to then talk about is, well, if you're not dealing with the drivers of it, let's deal with what you're going to do about it. So what are you going to do about crime? 
Well, we are looking at the moment around the, the legislative settings to make sure that the police have got all of the, the legal options that they want to, that they that will usefully help them to crack down on the harder end of criminal offending, particularly around organised crime. So, and by organised crime in this context, I'm talking about gang related activity, which we've seen an escalation of. Yeah, I guess my concern is uh, I, I'm not uh, saying they shouldn't be intervening with uh, young kids and trying to stop them getting into crime. Doesn't do much about the people out there doing crime at the moment. Can we stop them from doing that, please? Um, that would be awesome. Uh, Kerry uh, wanted to have a little moan about uh, the the shape of the national transport policy, I think, at the moment, and how that's looking. And all they've done to try and fix what, you know, are, are deep-seated really big issues within our government departments that are handling people's lives is hire communication teams to again adopt the jazz hands approach and just not front. They just will not front and you kind of see why. How do you explain it? How do you justify it? You can't. So you refuse interviews and you don't show. It's appalling. I don't know how you fix it. I would love, I mean, I imagine most of the public servants are in Wellington, but, you know, there's been a lot of churn, even in, like, for example, the Immigration Department. Immigration New Zealand staff churn approaches one-third of its workforce each and every year. That's a lot of churn. So if you have left because you are just horrified at the ineptitude and the fact that you've been given a policy which is unintelligible to anyone who doesn't speak bureaucraties or polities. How do you get joy out of your job? When you're basically, as Waka Kotahi were told, when you basically have no clarity of how you add value, no understanding of why you are there and what you exist for. Take that from Waka Kotahi, you could put that across just about any government department and it needs to change. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I don't really know why I'm here. And I've always felt that way. Um, and not just at work, at home as well. I sort of gotten used to it. You get used to it. Uh, don't quite know why they were talking about timeshares with Sign James yesterday afternoon. I think there's some property, flash property in Queenstown that a bunch of people are going sharesies on. I think that's what prompted this discussion, something like that. Text test says, I've just looked online, oh my gosh, it's a yes from me. If I had that money, that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> g'day, Derek. Yeah, g'day, guys. I um, sold timeshare in the late 80s and early 90s, actually, in Auckland. Um, Islands. Lived in Queenstown selling it and then spent a couple of years on the Gold Coast. Bay, Bay of Islands, Derek, that's right. There was a lot up yeah. there because I was working Pai-hier. in Pai- yeah. I worked in Paihir, so that was real popular for timeshare, wasn't it? Yeah, it's about four up there, um, yeah. and I've owned Timeshare, although my ex-wife now, t- now has it. <laughs> right. um, I, I could talk about this for hours and tell you a lot of stories about questionable characters, fast cars, illicit substances, and a, a lot of big parties. <laughs> oh, look, we've industry. got time. I'm putting my feet up, Derek. Far away. <laughs> uh, probably have to wait for the book. You know, I better <laughs> check with my lawyer. But, um, timeshare in itself is actually a really good idea, and, and I did buy some after having 
sold it, the reason it got such a bad reputation was, A, it was hugely inflated price-wise mm. over what it actually cost, and B, the selling technique always was and still is yes or no on the day. Yeah, I um, somehow, uh, my parents uh, bought some timeshare weeks, um, and I think they researched it for a bit. I think they went to, to a few different presentations and took me with them sometimes as well. It's weird. I, I, and it's always stuck with me right to this day how amazed I was at how the timeshare salespeople could write upside down on a piece of paper. They could put the numbers you know, of how much it was going to cost and, and yeah, you'd sit there at a desk and they would write so mum and dad could see it upside down. I thought that's the devil's work right there. That's not natural. I actually thought, wow, that's amazing. They write better upside down than I do the right way up. Uh, we're going to finish up here with some potato talk. Is Lush an Irish, Irish name? Uh, w- one thing I'll just say, you know, you think you know a city well, right? And then you go to one of those Facebook pages that's got the early scenes and you go and look at shots of 20 years ago of a city and it's all changed every shop's changed but it's changed so gradually that you haven't noticed it that suddenly one shop goes and someone else moves and i saw some shops of upper victoria street the other day which i normally knew fairly well in auckland you know and when the and it's just completely different so that's why i enjoy that kind of reminding of the shops that used to be there it'd be good if there was some sort of goggles or app you could look that would actually show you as you walked along streets show you the way they used to be Someone's trying to remember the Godfathers near the French bakery. Best baked potatoes. Very hard to get a good baked potato these days. For a long time, a baked potato was the future, wasn't it? There'd be um, stalls popping up at markets selling baked potatoes. Was there a place called the Ace of Spuds? Am I right there? But now, very rarely do you see a baked potato. I suppose the food police people worried about carbs. After that silly art green, they've all gone paleo. These days they want beef jerky or something. You can't have just a stuffed potato. I think the Ace of Spuds was quite a big deal. The pancake parlours, they've gone. Well, it's not good. None of it's good. Well, that's a nice night to finish on, isn't it? None of it's good. Now, I think Wendy's still do baked potatoes, don't they? That's what I've always liked about Wendy's. Um, It's not just about the burgers. You get those um, sort of nacho bowl things there as well. I haven't been to Wendy's for a long time. I'm just assuming that they all they still do all that stuff. I felt slightly odd about Wendy's that a carpet on the floor. I thought that was a bad choice. A fast food restaurant. But quite like the baked potatoes though. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB. Oh, what do you know? It's the end of the podcast and it's made me feel hungry again. How unusual. We'll see you back here again uh, with another menu tomorrow.